1: Hello everybody, I'm Lou Dobbs. Thanks for being with us for this episode of The Great America Show. In the midst of those midterm elections, there were all sorts of cross-currents and whispered subtexts to all the drama that was unfolding before our eyes. You know, lying, cheating and stealing? The Marxist Dems, it seems fair to me to say, had the upper hand when it came to cheating and stealing. I frankly don't know that the Republicans were reported to be the bad guys in any such election cheating or stealing anywhere in the country. Now that speaks better of their ethics than it does their energy and commitment, doesn't it? As for lying, though, that's a tight game between these two political parties. The edge certainly goes to the Marxist Dems, though, mainly because they've got the White House and Joe Biden. That's a real advantage. The Republicans did as well as they could without either the White House or the national corporate media on their side. They did try to keep up with that lying thing. Ronna McDaniel, RNC head, saying they were doing great on their ground game before the election, she was so emphatic that it made some folks feel like crying for what the Republicans were about to do to those poor Marxist Dems. Turns out, no sympathy required, at least not for the Dems. Save it though for the losers, the GOP. There's still a bunch of losers. They've got McDaniel and the other Max, Mitch McConnell and Kevin McCarthy. McDaniel, McConnell, and McCarthy. Now that's the three McRhinos, right? What a bunch. McConnell financing Dems, opposing Republican candidates, McCarthy raising a half billion dollars, and thinking for sure, Bigora, the little people will never consider why, the big money sprinkled the green over his rhino head. Ah, oh, no, lads and ladies, the three McRhinos have done it again. And they now say that if we don't anoint McCarthy as Speaker, the radical dims will have their say, as if there's any daylight between a rhino and a full-on Marxist menace like Schumer, Pelosi, or Jeffries. Globalist elites they be all, and no differences at all, with the likes of the McRhinos. Trying to Make a Difference is one of the Republican Party's leading conservatives. The former chairman of the Freedom Caucus, reelected to Congress for a fourth term this year. Congressman Andy Biggs is our guest, a great American, and Congressman, great to have you back with us. Now, Paul Ryan, reviled by most conservatives and most decent Americans when he was speaker, is daily trying to find some kind of relevance or at least get his name in the paper. His latest effort to say he supports Kevin McCarthy for Speaker, saying McCarthy's been good for conservatives. What do you think, Congressman?
0: I, I'm not sure, you know, uh, what to think about uh, former Speaker Ryan um, endorsing Kevin, but it's not, su- not a surprise. I mean, look, uh, McCarthy was his majority leader. right? Uh, Mac- McCarthy's been the, the minority leader for four years, the majority leader for, for two years, He's been in leadership for I think seven or eight years. Uh, you know, he's been training for this his whole life, and and I think Paul Ryan uh, would view McCarthy as kind of an extension of of
1: Paul Ryan's speakership, perhaps. And um... <laughs> you mean he's going to block block subpoenas? He is uh, going to reach across the aisle to all of the Democrats and do what he's told. Uh, I mean, his his speakership was a a disgrace, in my opinion. Uh, What is your meaning? Well, I mean, I think you're I think you're right. I mean, look, uh, Kevin uh,
0: McCarthy already said that he didn't want to impeach anybody. He thought that that was a a political thing that just Democrats do. It'd be political showmanship. Um, He's talked about reaching across the aisle. Um, and doing that type of thing. And, you, you know, Luke, there are things that we probably agree on with the Democrats, but here's the deal. They view us as political enemies. They attack us with every tool that they can possibly think of. Uh, they, they want to give us now Hakeem Jeffries, who is really radical left. And I, I've worked with Hakeem on a, on a bill called the Jack bill to go after crooked lobbyists. But, you know, the the, the bottom line is uh, they view us as political enemies. And if you want the status quo. Pre Trump, pre Trump, then I would I would say that maybe McCarthy would be the one that people would want, and and that's why I say maybe it's an extension of the Paul Ryan years. Maybe that's what Paul Ryan felt like his he's gotten a bad rap from conservatives.
1: Yeah, well, his if you can do a psycho uh, analysis of that man, I I don't know what to say. It's just uh, he is uh, just absolutely awful he wouldn't he was anti-trump with the president of the united states and his own party uh, he's he, this should be the kiss of death for kevin mccarthy's ambitions to be speaker of the house for to be endorsed by the likes of uh, paul ryan don't you think
0: uh, yeah well i i do think so but but that's for people who live outside the dc bubble for people in the dc bubble maybe that's a good thing i guess i don't know but but look, you, Lou, the people, you said just a second ago the people want change. And if you just keep putting the same people in, you're not going to get that change, the structural change necessary to restore American greatness. And, and so when I was going out campaigning for myself and for others in, in my district and around Arizona and across the country, I can tell you, the question I got more often than any other was, are you going to give us the same leadership? Are we going to have McConnell and McCarthy? Is that what is that what the Republicans are going to do? And I just don't think that's what they want. I think the American people want a change. Well,
1: in- I, I'll, I'll go farther. I, I, I will tell you that the American people don't want McCarthy. They don't want McConnell. And one of the reasons that there was a, uh, to me, there wasn't the red tide uh, that uh, was expected part of the reason was people didn't know what to think of you guys. Uh, you didn't gather yeah. a, a contract with America. You didn't tell anybody what, and I'm saying you, I'm talking about the conference, the Republicans and the Democrats, the Republicans in the house and the Republicans in the Senate just simply didn't tell anybody, tried to dance through it. Like, well, we won't make any waves and maybe we'll get a wave. I mean, it was a bizarre <laughs> moment. And, and, in my estimation, frankly, i Terrible leadership from McConnell and McCarthy. Uh, your thoughts? Yeah, yeah Lou,
0: I, I'm with you on it. That. That's so. So about about a year ago, I put out something called My America First Plan. It's been on my website. I've talked about it, but but I I felt we needed to have a positive, affirmative action plan, not just say we're not the Democrats and we'll we'll go around the the, the off the cliff at a slower pace. Mine was to say, look. We're going we're gonna to attack uh, inflation, energy. We're going to attack the border, crime, the woke policies, the, the feckless foreign uh, policy of this administration. And then, then I gave a list of, at that time, uh, of, of legislation that, that would go to that. I, I also said, look, here's the oversight. These are the committee hearings we need to have, everything from Fauci and COVID and gain of function to now you know, Hunter Biden and what's going on there to the weaponization of DOJ and the FBI. And then I also went through, Luke, because I thought this was important, is to tell the American people, yeah, we'll be in, we, we won't be we will have the White House, but here is how you get stuff done. You leverage the money bills. You leverage the NDAA and other must-pass legislation. You hold the oversight hearings. And then where you need to, you apply what I call constitutional um, uh, discipline, and that's impeachment. Of people like Alejandro Mayorkas. so uh, I, I think you're right. I think, I think people don't, didn't trust Republicans to actually get in and make the changes we need. Now we got more votes nationwide, but we didn't get them uh, we didn't get the wave that we thought we were going to get. and I think it's because what you said so well, and then I'll give you one other thing too, but, but that we didn't articulate our position of what we were going to do, and we didn't have the trust. We have to have the trust. And then the second thing is um, the, you, you had that, um, that group, that PAC, that super PAC that Kevin McCarthy raises money for. And they were putting money against people like a great conservative uh, like Anna Paulina Luna out of Florida. She got outspent like 12 to 1. And they were playing in primaries. And they, they took out, tried to take out the Levitt, uh, uh the, the young lady uh, Levitt out of uh, New Hampshire. They withdrew money from her. Right. You had Majuski, Majuski in Ohio. You had you had people, um, Sabatini in Florida. You had people that were good, good conservatives, and all of a sudden, uh, this money's pouring in against them, um, from that from the CLF, which was that super PAC that uh, Mr. McCarthy raises money for, and so that hurt as well.
1: The CLF. Tell everybody what that means.
0: That's the Congressional Leadership Fund, and that's. So that's different. that, that is Kevin McCarthy races a bucket load. I mean over maybe even as much as 200 million dollars for the CLF. And what they do, that group is is kind of run by a guy named uh, Jeff Miller's, big on that, doesn't like conservatives, doesn't like me,
1: doesn't like you, Lou, by the way. Um, oh. And oh, by the way, you, you give him a big hug for me, will you? <laughs> I like every, I like everybody.
0: Me too. I'm I'm a lover, not a fi- well. I'm a fighter too. But I you got I love everybody. I'm just going to fight for the rights of, of people, right? So anyway, they 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 put money into campaigns, uh of of and, and Kevin cannot coordinate, but he can make recommendations, and they they well, put money yeah. out there.
1: Yeah. So when I ask you about that, it's the same deal. Uh, the Senate leadership uh, right committee is the you know the big bucks. Uh, wild pack for the uh, for gives McConnell all of his power uh, and without that power in both the, uh, the Senate and the Congress, uh, the leaders are significantly constrained is the way I would put it. And if you go back to to, uh, you, you know, Citizens United and look what we've done. I mean, we've made them we had them armed and dangerous already, the leadership in both uh, the Senate and the House of both parties but when we citizens united made it nuclear uh, and we've got to take a look at that because it's just not the way to do business in america this has become a this has become a uh corpocracy uh if you will as a result don't you think
0: yeah it really really has um and 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 then you add to the, the the funding lou you add the rules changes over what last 30 40 years where where speakers have basically uh, centralized power into the leadership so that these major bills uh, they are going to be it's going to be a negotiated between the 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 top R&D in the Senate the top R&D in the House they're going to get together they're going to work this out and then and then they don't let us do uh, they don't let you have amendments they're going to put they're going to give this bill to you that has maybe 15 20 Pieces of legislation in it, plus a whole bunch of other extraneous garbage, and they're going to give it to you and say we're going to do this uh, uh, in four hours, um, and they won't—they don't give you time to read it. The, you can't amend it, uh, you know. And 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 Paul Ryan had the most bills in history that that uh, where you could not uh, amend them. The most cl- what we call closed rules. So so you couldn't so so well, you. Basically, arrogate,
1: basically. Basically, he, his speakership was run uh, out of K Street by the Chamber of Commerce, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, well, that's 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 what people tell me. I was so new, Lou. I was I was so busy just trying to do good legislation and wondering why uh, my bill, Lou. I had a bill um, that would have funded paying for the wall, uh, on the border wall, through the through a small tax on all of the transfer payments that people send. Uh, out of this country that that just leave our economy uh, because they're getting paid under the table. They would have paid for that wall many times over. Paul assigned it to seven committees. And so I was fighting on all of that front um, and trying to protect President Trump from the the false allegations against him. And in, in reality, what was happening is the power center was preventing significant uh, actions from being happened.
1: Everything from the, the, Paul the Obamacare
0: Ryan, repeal, that's all of that.
1: Paul Ryan and Mitch McConnell were the president's biggest enemies on Capitol Hill. I'll give the president credit. I, I can't imagine, as he did several times, actually sitting down and grinning across the table from those guys because my temptation would have been to slap him right upside the head. I mean, metaphorically. I don't mean physically. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And the fact of the matter is, uh, he put up with them way too long and was didn't get enough support at all uh, from the Republican party in any fashion as president. And what he accomplished is amazing. but i want to I want to get us back to this and and that is the leadership and what's going to happen here. Uh, what are you going to do, and how much support do you have, and what's it going to take uh, for you to prevail? Well,
0: um, I got uh, in the in the vote we took last week, I got thirty 31- one. People voted for me. Another five people didn't vote for me, but they, they voted against Kevin. And Kevin had 188. But I cannot tell you how many people came up to me. And I and I'm talking to people daily uh, now. And, and and they're starting to realize Kevin will not be the speaker of the House. Because look, I, I saw a projection this morning that we're gonna have a three-seat majority at the most. And the projection I saw was that we'll have a one-seat majority. And if that's the case, any person can prevent you from being the Speaker of the House because you got to get to 218, and any Republican can do that. So people are starting to realize that. And um, I'm an alternative, and I, and I hope that people would realize that I was the, spe- I was the president of the Arizona Senate for four years. I know what it's like to have a, a fairly thin margin. I, it was never that thin, but I do know how to work with people – uh, within the wide spectrum. Of the Republican party to get legislation through, but I also have the courage to stand up. To to uh, uh, the Biden administration. So I think I think what you're going to see Lou, is, is over the next month or so you're going to see people. Saying, well, I can't get to McCarthy and McCarthy's not going to get there. And that lot maybe say, well, uh, I support bigs or I don't support bigs but somebody else may emerge um, so that on January 3rd, but, but if the American people sit quiet, quietly by, it'll be, it, 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 we don't know. I don't know how, I don't know who would be it if, if, if we sit quietly by, we have to be out there talking.
1: Well, if, you know, by the way, the American people got nothing to do with this, Andy, and you know that uh, this yeah. is all about the members of your conference and the U.S. Congress and it. It may be that we're looking at a moment in time, a historic moment, in which we will actually see Republicans rise up and say they're not going to just have a daisy chain that runs from John Boehner to Paul Ryan to Kevin McCarthy, because in that direction lies disaster. We've seen it time and time again, because in 2024, the president of the United States will be Donald J. Trump. And we've got a bunch of rhinos right in the center of the Republican conference in the House. We've got a we've got a I I don't know what the number is, 40, 50 conservatives in the Freedom Caucus and uh, conservatives that are on the periphery of it. This is a time for the conference to actually come together and draft somebody that they think would be the right leader. Uh, Everyone from moderates uh, to to the Freedom Caucus, Uh, you know, I. Everybody, Why can't that be done? Why can't there be an honest a God rising up on the part of the Republicans and they draft the man or woman they want to be the Speaker of the House instead of sitting there being told like children how it's going to be? Like you were talking about. Why doesn't somebody take it as a damn insult that the leader of the House would give them four hours to look at a 800-page bill and vote on it? The hell with that crap. Yeah, Lou, uh, that
0: you're saying exactly what I've been telling people. And that is this is a this is a historic moment. We can change the trajectory. We are, look, we are in an existential crisis in this country. we um, we we're, we're, we're going to go one way or the other here. And and if Republicans fail to make a dramatic stand in 2022 in in who our speaker is and how we fight against the biden administration and and lay the foundation for 2024 then we aren't going to win 2024
1: I, I, that's how serious i think this thing is oh hell we, it, we... i'm not worried about 2024 right now i'm worried about the fact that we won 2022 and we don't know what the hell you guys are going to do you guys won an yep. election i don't care what the margin is is it one is it two three i i don't know but uh, we know that the, the republic has survived small margins before from the 1930 to back to 1916. Yeah. We saw it. Uh, so it'll it'll all be it'll all be OK, but it could be beautiful if there just was a fire in, in that conference to do the right thing, to no longer behave as if as rubber stamps for the, the conference leader, whether it's the speaker, whether it is uh, the majority leader, whether it's a minority leader. And I'm talking about both parties. I don't care who it is. But yeah. watch, watching the Dems just op, act like lemmings whenever Schumer snaps his fingers, I mean, it's, it's preposterous.
0: Well, that's why I stepped up, Lou. That's why I stepped up, because somebody's got to try and light that fire. And that's what I'm trying to do right now. And I'm trying to light the fire. And, um, it, you know, I hate to say it. I, I love these guys. But, but sometimes I look at it and I say, I'm trying to light the fire. The wood's wet. The woods wet. And <laughs> and uh, and I'm trying to first I got to blow on that wood to dry it off. And then we're going to light the light the wood. And that's that's the, that's the, the hope that I have. And and uh, I'm going to keep fighting it because, Lou, we cannot elect somebody who's going to do the same thing that has brought us to this point and and is is afraid to use every tool in the toolbox. You know, you know when we we started doing the Freedom Caucus started leading this this thing on vote and just process. Just saying we're going to vote on every bill. You know who gave me the hardest time? It was Republicans. It was not True. Democrats. Republicans said it's inconvenient, you're wasting our time. Everybody's going to vote for this bill anyway. And I and my my first step was to them was to say, "Look, here's the deal." If we don't use every tool, then we will get beaten every time. And if we can slow this down, keep them so busy that they're focused on on their 30 suspension bills and we require a vote on every one of them, then maybe we have a chance on the back end to stop 10 or 15 of their bills because they simply don't have time to process them and get them through. How about that? And they just uh, that that's too logical. That's too strategic, I guess.
1: And you made me laugh with your wet wood metaphor because I I got to think of the the choices in that uh, conference are going to be wet wood, dry wood, and dead wood. (laughs) (laughs) Well, dead
0: wood burns, Lou. Yeah,
1: that's what I was going to, I got to, in your metaphor, dead wood would be a combustible uh, agent uh, for you. Yes. Uh, Yes. We got a few of those so that you could spark, you could dry it some of that wet wood. Uh, I want to go to, if I may, uh, the idea that uh, these expulsions of Intel Democrats, uh, uh, Omar, Elhan Il, Il, Omar, uh, yeah. it, it, it's just AOC is not going to be a committee. I'm thinking you talk about low hanging fruit now, that was it for McCarthy, he, he doesn't want him on committees. Uh, what are your thoughts about that?
0: Well, I mean, you got to get Swalwell and Schiff off the intelligence committee because they see things that the rest of us don't even see. They and and then and then Schiff's a, a leak a minute. So yeah, and then Omar, she's you know she's easy to boot off foreign affairs because uh, she she hates Israel, uh, one of our allies, and so that's the problem. But but as you say, this is the point I've been trying to make to my colleagues: performance art. This is. Everybody was going to do that. Everybody who became speaker was going to say, look, the, the, she's not going to be on foreign affairs. Those two guys are going to be off Intel. Let's see who you would rather have for Intel and make sure that the, that we have a, 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 a an honest Intel committee. The problem is that is that's that's weak sauce. It's 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 something that has to happen, and anybody was going to do it that was going to be this the
1: speaker. Well, so in. let me ask but, you this. Let me ask you this then. What are you going to do that's going to light a fire under all that wet wood in the Republican conference? First of all, I'm
0: advocating to change the rules so all the wet wood can actually participate. So you, de- you decentralize power. So, for instance, on a, uh, you got to stop the inflationary pressures. The way you do that is you do a budget. How, how about doing a budget for a change out of, out of 20 years? No budget for 20 years. No budget in the six years I've been in Congress. So you you get the budget process back to work and you do a seven year balanced budget program that that would be deflation and not that deflationary, but it would reduce the inflationary pressure. You start putting into minds that we're going to balance the budget and then you allow every member to participate, both Republican and Democrat, to participate in the amendment process on the floor. So you decentralize power and give power to them. How about on committee assignments? How about we're going? You expand the steering committee. Right now, the steering committee doesn't matter whether they expand it or not. It's it's uh, the arm of leadership. And how do I know that? Because Kevin realizes he's not going to be speaker. So what he's telling people is, what committee do you want to be on? Well, if the steering committee was as pristine as he says it is, he couldn't make those promises. So you open it up. You get people on the committees based on talent, capacity interest not based on how much money that they that they pay to the uh, nrcc nrcc is important for sure but you don't base your committee assignments on a pay-for-play scheme which is what that is so what what i'm talking about is decentralizing power away from the speaker and allowing people to participate in a way that's meaningful where they can represent their constituents
1: everybody um, listening to you right now is getting a a, a very good uh, tutorial on the constitutional Republic and its uh, legislative branch this is I, I mean it's awful when we when I think about what you're saying it's just awful that we have a situation where a, a United States congressman or a u.s senator doesn't have to go to a committee hearing doesn't have to really be uh, boned up on uh, uh You know, appropriations doesn't have to do the heavy lifting because they know this is just going to be swept through, rubber stamped, and it's going to go down to a party line vote. So what the hell? And as a result, you get people like Swalwell. You get the people like Schiff. There's no hard work going on there. They're playing politics full time and public policy hardly at all. So, I mean, we are we're lucky to have survived these past 20 years, frankly, because the way this government has gone the Congress, the Congress and the House. I'm going to say this out loud. It's disgraceful of what it has become, and it isn't. It isn't no longer the people's house doing the people's work. Uh, it's doing whatever K Street says, whatever the Chamber of Commerce says. The biggest lobby in uh, in Washington D.C. lobbying the federal government. It's outrageous, and nobody seems to give a darn. Uh, yeah. So
0: yeah, Lou, I, I just, you know, I'll I just tell you that my colleagues—they're baffled. Some of them, why we have like a ten percent, fifteen percent, whatever it is, approval rating, and I can tell you why we have a ten or fifteen percent approval rating. We don't respond to the American public and our constitutional duties. We should be—we should be trying to shrink the size of the federal government. Um, how about how about going after people? Uh, like instead of putting 87,000 IRS agents into it, ha- first getting rid of those 87,000 IRS agents and then going after people like this, uh, this, this bogus special um, uh, prosecutor coming in to investigate Donald Trump, which ha- used the Holman rule, reinstitute the Holman rule, which allows us to defund a bureaucrat or a small agency. Boom, like that. Well, we, we don't do that, and and well, that's why I'm I'm like, we need a leader to do that, and, um, and if we're not going to do that, then we will always be uh, viewed with disapprobation. We'll be the most mistrusted institution in America. When we used to be a trusted institution, we should reduce the size of the federal government, devolve the powers back to the states where they're meant to be, and as we do that, we'll shrink the bureaucracy, we'll shrink the tax burden on people. We'll stimulate the economy
1: and we'll be a freer people again. Yeah. Well, you know, one of the things that t- happened here, we've seen the House moderates now decide they're going to create a caucus that's uh, filled. I-, I guess you could call it the Rhino caucus uh, because they mean to be so, <coughs> so tolerant uh, that they're probably reaching across the aisle unilaterally uh, as a caucus Uh What do you make of it? Uh, They want to be a counterweight, they say, to the Freedom Caucus. Well, they've
0: they've been there. Uh, You know, the Tuesday group, the problem solvers, those have all been always been there. The Main Street group? Yeah, yeah, Main Street group, those whatever they call themselves. But here's the thing, Lou. I do know this because I I talk to to them. Some of them, I've worked with some of them on legislation. They we can bridge the gap to get things that would be done. They they don't they want a fence built. They they want to amend Title IX so that men can't go into lock women's locker rooms and and play uh, sports. They want to get to the bottom of gain of function and COVID and how that started. They want they want a a, a budget that works for the American people. They don't want us to go bankrupt. There are. Way, ways to bridge the gaps but having these uh, ha- without a leader that's actually talking to people on the ground about policy and empowering people to solve the problems it everything goes back to these the the, the leadership again i mean they they they're making the decisions and the rest of us are out there um you know as you said it we're we're out there without the power to do something so so they, they then try to distract you from doing good policy making and doing good oversight. And so. Uh, there's this constant bickering and, and contention instead of trying to find. The, the few, I mean, because there are areas that would actually move the ball forward and return us to more constitutional Republic form of government. Well, you're that the right. everybody agrees on.
1: Yeah, let me inject some reality here into this, into uh, the fact that even if you achieve that, and I and I take your word for it, I believe you could do that, uh, then you're up against the radical Marxist Dems, uh, almost yep. to a person, the Democratic Caucus uh, Conference. Uh, they are Marxist Dems. They are destructive. They hate America. They hate every institution that is worth a mention in Washington, D.C. They mean to destroy. And, are, and I mean, they've got some significant progress to report on the destruction of our judiciary, the corruption of the Department of Justice, the FBI, the federal bureaucracy itself. The executive is out of control. It's run. I mean, this is a puppet president. How do you do business with a group of people like that who are trying to destroy America? It's one of the, to me, that's, it's your thoughts. Well, first of all, since
0: we do have a majority, even though it's small, that's where you, where you bring these, the, the, the moderate Republicans back and say, look, we agree on these 10 or 15 things. This will be the, our, our agenda and it's going to be the fence. It's going to be Title IX, it's whatever, and it's balancing the budget, et cetera. That's And you, you keep them from going to Democrats by, by allowing them to be empowered to, to solve the problems that we all agree as Republicans, even the rhinos, agree on, on the uh, many parts of the platform. Well, let's do that. And that would be, Lou, that would be historic. I mean, in the last 20 years, that, that hasn't been done. But then you move it. Then, then, then we have to deal with the Senate, which is a, as big a problem as you can imagine. Because we don't have the Senate, and you've got ten to fifteen Republicans that are going to vote with the Democrats on really bad stuff.
1: Yeah, let me re- it, let me remind everybody: the reason <clears throat> that you don't have the Senate is because of a guy by the name of Mitch McConnell. Yes, uh, he campaigned against Republican candidates.
0: Well, I mean that's and that's right. But but what I used to tell Paul, I actually told him a couple times this, I said. I don't understand why you keep telling us we can't do something because the Senate can't do something. The House is the House. We can do the very best we can do, and that's what we should do. And if it's not as great as, as Andy Biggs thinks or, or or even Lou Dobbs thinks, if if we're moving the ball forward on conservative freedom constitutional policy, we put it in the Senate, they have to make the bad decision. They either have to agree with us, or they have to disagree. And at some point, the public will understand it is people like Mitch McConnell. So let's do our job for a change. Let's do the best job we can do, and and that will put pressure on the other side of the of the of the Capitol, the Senate, to do to do a job. And and they might push some of this stuff through. They may not push everything through, but we might get some of it through. But the point is. If we don't do that in the House, then we've just rolled over and we all become wet wood. That's that's the bottom line.
1: Well said, and I appreciate it. Congressman, uh, we we always give our guests the last word and uh, I'm going to turn to you for your concluding remarks. It's been an instructive and uh, I think we all learned something here today. And thanks to Congressman Andy Biggs. Congressman, the floor is yours.
0: Well, Lou. First of all, thank you uh, for all you do. Appreciate uh, your steadfastness. Also, I wish you happy holidays uh, with with uh, Thanksgiving and Christmas coming. And then I'll just say for for people who are listening, if you want to make a change, please reach out to your members of Congress. Tell them that they 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 need to support me or someone other than McCarthy. Just just we we've got to make that change, and that will help lay the foundation for hopefully uh, a, new, a, new, a new trajectory for this country back to a constitutional republic. But thanks for all you do, Lou. Thanks for letting me be with you today.
1: Congressman Andy Biggs, always great to talk with you. Thanks so much, and God bless you. Yeah, God bless you too, Lou. Thank you. Thanks, everybody, for being with us here on The Great America Show. Tomorrow here with us, our guest, John Solomon, taking up the news of the day and much of the politics. That's John Solomon, here tomorrow. Please join us. Till then, God bless you, and may God bless America. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew
0: that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader.